All right, so you can, you can t- t- turn with me to John 14 in the meantime. What? Oh, okay, okay. Oh, nice. I was going to say, because I made a mistake, it's John, it's John 13. <laughs> John 13. <laughs> Yes. Ah, praise God. Um, so um, uh, let's let's just read this. John thirteen, verse verse three. <clears throat> Jesus, knowing, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his hands and that he had come from God and was now returning to God, got up from supper, took off his garments, taking a servant's towel, he fastened it around his waist. He poured into the washpan and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the servant towel with which he was girded. And when he came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, my feet, um, are my feet to be washed by you? It is, for you? is it for you to wash my feet? And Jesus said to him, You do not understand now what I am doing, but you will all understand later on. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. You have no share in companionship with me, the Amplified says. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, wash not only my feet, but my hands and my head too. Um, So I want to speak about that today. And um, this has been like a a massive revelation for me in 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 my journey and um, and uh, yeah i 'm just going to share some of those things that 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 's been happening also um, in my life and uh, what God has been ministering to me on a personal level and I found it being one of the most um, important messages today because there 's some things that we forget in our relationship with with Jesus with with the Father, and especially in our, what we call in our religious duties, in our rituals, there's an, in, there's an ingredient that we, that we forget, um, and that is that sometimes Jesus will wash your feet, and, and we need to get to a place where we allow Jesus to serve us. And it sounds so offensive. That's why Peter said, you will never wash my feet. But Jesus said, if you don't, if you don't do that, you can't have fellowship with me. Um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe let's go to, let's, let's go to Matthew chapter 9. We'll read it there. And we'll, we'll pick up the story and the context of the sermon. 
Thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter, what did I say, 9? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my Father. Hallelujah. All right, so if you get to Matthew 9, turn a couple pages forward and go to Mark 6. from verse 30. The apostles came back and gathered together to Jesus and told him all they that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had not even leisure enough to eat. When they went away in a boat to a solitary place by themselves, and they went, okay. Now, men, many people saw them going and recognized, and they ran there on foot from all the surrounding towns. And they got there ahead uh, in the boat. As Jesus landed, he saw a great crowd waiting, and he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was already far gone, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate and isolated place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away to go into the country and villages round about and buy themselves something to eat. He replied to them, Give them something to eat yourselves. They said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 uh, denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? He said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had looked and knew, they said, Five loaves and two fish. He commanded the people all to recline on the grass by uh, companies. Okay, it looks... I always read that and I think of the Lord is my shepherd. You know, he puts them in their little, in their, their little spots there. Anyways, so they threw themselves down in ranks of hundreds and fifties. Um, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and praising God, gave thanks and broke the loaves and kept on giving them to the disciples set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. Stay with me. Everything I'm reading is very important. And they all ate and were satisfied. They took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. And at once he insisted the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, Bethsaida, while he was sending the throng away. After he had taken leave from them, he went off to the hills to pray, went all by himself to pray. Now when evening had come, 
the boat was out in the middle of the lake, all right? And he was by himself on the land. And having seen that they were troubled and tormented in their rowing, for the wind was against them about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and acted as if he meant to pass them by. It, it, because right here is a lesson. It's a, it's a lesson that Jesus was, was teaching them. You know, uh, it's amazing when, when you, whenever you're in trouble, whenever you're in your greatest moment of fear, you know, uh, Jesus has never got this, oh, I need to do something, I need to do something. He, he comes walking on the storm. You know, He comes above your anxiety. He comes walking on your, on your fears, on your greatest fear. He, he just comes walking on it. And, and we need to, He doesn't have that urgency that we have. You know, he doesn't experience the threat that we experience. He, he walks on the threat. He's above the threat, okay? But uh, I, I love how Jesus just acts as if he was going to pass by. I just, I just think it's a, a very um, good detail. And when they saw him, they thought it was a ghost. And they screamed in terror. For they all saw him and were um, agitated with fear. But immediately he talked with them and said, Take heart, I am. Stop being alarmed and afraid. All right, I'm going to just repeat that. Stop being alarmed. Stop being afraid. Jesus says, I am. And he went into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were astonished. If you follow the account in John, the Bible actually says that the boat immediately arrived at this destination as soon as, as Jesus came into the boat. All right. He went, he, uh, excuse me, verse 50, yeah, 51. And he went into the boat with them. The wind ceased, and they were astonished because they failed to consider the teaching and the meaning of the miracle of the loaves. What did the miracle of the loaves have to do with what they experienced in the boat? What did the miracle of the loaves have to do with their experience in the boat? They were astonished because they failed to acknowledge what happened just a moment before. I don't know about you, but um, sometimes uh, it's so easy to forget what, what God has done for us. It's so easy to forget the miracles. You know, uh, I, I experience it like this. I don't know how many of you, sometimes I'm on the mountaintop and I'm singing how great He is, and the very next moment I can be in the valley. The very next moment, it's like a boom, I'm down there again. Come on, how many of you guys are like real Christians or real people and you, you actually experience that? Is that it's not always, uh, it's, it's very rare that, you, that you're chilling in that ah, moment. But it, it's often, it's like this the whole time. And it's amazing what, what, that Jesus in this class comes walking like he's going to walk past and give them the opportunity to remember something. To remember something. And, and we need to remember something that is very important. Um, I had a, a, 
just on a on a, a um, just on a like I'm gonna be real personal what what God's been what's been happening in my life since about last year I started getting these anxiety attacks you know these or panic attacks so I don't know what it was but I'll like be in a conversation and next thing I'll be like woo swimming and completely I, I can't concentrate I, I can't um, hear what people are telling me it's like I, I see them talking but I don't hear anything you know it's like and, and it was happening over and over and more and more. And um, anyway, so what I ended up doing, I like uh, fitness. And um, I tried different things. So I'll like run for um, three months, six months, and then get bored and then try something different. And, you know, like try hard training. And then so... I had this idea to, to start like um, doing some wrestling and boxing and things like that. And I remember <laughs> I was in the gym with this, with this guy and we were doing some, some, um, some training routines. And I told him, listen, man, just don't put me in a sleeper hole. The worst thing, my worst fear, my worst fear is passing out. I don't want to pass out. I don't want to lose control. And I remember saying that this is my worst fear is passing out. And uh, anyways, uh, so I, I actually went to try and do something with, you know, at church, you, you, you smile and wave to the people that, that make you angry. You know, so I thought, well, let me go to a place where I can hit someone or hit something. And anyways, and I thought it was for, for, for me. Look, I'm telling you this on a real level because... Um, God wants to set us as free in, in, in this area. God wants to, um, I really feel he wants, he wants you to have this revelation. And um, anyway, I ended up getting injured, like one of my ribs bent off. It's a knock or whatever you call it. <laughs> and Jock is laughing at me. It wasn't long. And I, I remember one night I was in bed and I turned and I just heard this in my ribs and I was like, so you never diagnose yourself with Google, right? How many of you guys know that? Don't Google your symptoms. You, it's a death sentence. It's, you're not going to make it. But interesting, it, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning when it happened. And I, I lied, read up what it, what it could be. Nothing really fazed me. But as I, as I got up out of, out of bed, um, the, like you know when you start... Um, if you get up too fast. And uh, so I just kind of just chilled to see if the, the sensation or the feeling would go away. And it wasn't going away. I was like, oh, whoa. And I remember going to my wife. Oh, shame. She's so small. I don't know what I, what I expected from her to, to, to how she was going to help me. But she's an Easter. She's an Easter. Eventually, long story short, um, I woke up and I was outside on the floor, you know, so my fear happened. Like, oh, just, just, within a, just within a week uh, of, of saying my worst fear is passing out. And when I woke up, the thought came to my head, but you just said that. You just said that. Now, if you, if you study the scriptures, what is the opposite of fear? That's what we'll normally say. The opposite of fear is love. 
the opposite of fear is love. And that's why um, the, in the book of, of John, it says, perfect love casts out fear. So if I'm in a position of fear, and you will have found yourself in that situation many times, though God has provided, though God has done incredible things, though God has rescued you many times when you think you couldn't make it, you find yourself in fear again. Why? Not because you've forgotten the things that He's done. You've forgotten something that's really important. What is it? Love. You forgot that He loves you. So when Peter, when Peter, when the guys come out from the, uh, they're in the storm, just a moment before, the same day, he multiplied food, and he fed 5,000 out of two fish and five loaves. In that state of fear and panic that they were in, they, were not, they knew he had just done that, but the fear says you're going to die because you forgot. For example, let's just read it. They failed to consider and understand the teaching and the meaning of the miracle of the loaves. Let's go to verse 34. Jesus, when Jesus landed, he saw a great crowd waiting and he was moved with compassion for them. Why did he multiply the food? Why did he multiply the food? He was moved with compassion. He loved them. <laughs> he loved them. In that state of fear, they forgot, Jesus loves me. In that state of fear, they could have, they could have been in that place of, I'm loved. And, and so sometimes what we, don't, what we don't learn by revelation will learn by situation. And and so they go out. Jesus says, you go to the other side. I'm coming. They could have had the revelation that he was teaching them with the five loaves. But then they found themselves in the situation again. Anyways, come back to, come back to my story um, with, with, the, uh, with the, the fear. I remember we drove around that night and Anya was deciding, you know, whether I must go to a hospital or not. And we ended up driving around in the early hours of the morning. And I put that, there's one song that I love so much. It's, it's Highlands by Hillsong. I will praise you on the mountains. You know, I will praise you in the mountains in my way. I remember coming home and uh, I said to God, Lord, I can, I can handle the pain in my ribs. But Lord, this, this fear of what's been happening in my mind, will you, will you, will you do something? Help me. And uh, one of my favorite games to play is the Bible roulette. You guys know how to play Bible roulette. When you just speak, Lord. Come on. <laughs> but I, I, do that, I do that sometimes, and, and he's quite faithful. I don't know how many of you guys know this, but this is supernatural. If you, if you will... If, most of the miracles and the wonders that I've experienced have just been by reading this book. It's a wonder. It's a, it's a sign and a wonder. If you'll read it, um, yeah. 
you, you experience great things, you know, like, like a child. But anyway, I, um, do you have um, the Passion Translation there available? If you have a, if someone can help me with the, oh wait, I've, I've got it here. And it landed, it landed on, this, on this verse. And uh, it hit me so hard. And this is where this revelation started really kicking in. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Okay, in the Passion Translation. No, no, the New Living Translation. Do you have the New Living Translation? If you have the NLT, you can, you can read it there. But uh, Passion Translation doesn't have the Old Testament except Psalms and Proverbs. It's the New Living Translation. He says, Cheer up Zion. Okay, listen to, the, listen to this, church. This is for you. The Father says, Cheer up Zion. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living among you. He's a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With His love, He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with song. How's He going to calm all your fears? With His love. With His love. The problem is, when last have you taken the time to let God love you? You've come here today and you've, you've, you've loved Him. You've declared, oh, I love you. But are you like a Peter who says, you will never wash my feet? <laughs> or you sit down and allow the Lord to love you, to love on you. This, this, there's a song that we used to sing based on this verse where, um, where we sang, You dance over me while I am unaware. How sad is that? That in this moment, right now, the Father is dancing over you. He's rejoicing over you in song. That's what He says. And he, he will calm all your fears with His love. But have you taken a moment to just allow yourself to be loved? Have you taken a moment to sit down and allow Jesus to serve you? In a sense, does that offend you? That He loves you? That He wants to wash away your fears? And He wants to wash away all the, all the dirt? You see, we, we get caught up in our religious uh, things that we have to do for God. And we just, we lose it. So anyway, um, <laughs> this is, this is um, sorry, I just want to make sure about my time. This is, uh, there's a guy called Mark Hankins. I don't know how many of you guys know Mark Hankins. But he said, the father is a $10 God. He's got all the, all the money in the world. It's not a scripture, but I like the, the example. He gives you $10 at a time so that you can keep coming back. He gives you $10 all the time so that you keep coming back. Keep coming back. So that, that he wants to be, he wants, he loves your presence. He loves your presence. He loves you. He loves you. This is an incredibly good sermon, but a much better experience. It's a much better experience. It's to come to a place where I can remember, wow, He loves me. 
Okay, so let's quickly go to um, uh, let's go to, to let's do, go back to John thirteen. Is this all right? Is this all right? You let no lack of Hey. Okay, we'll, we'll keep going. The next service can just slot in with, with where we're in. John 13. What's the, what's like the main two commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your understanding. Okay? What's the next one? Love your neighbor as you love yourself, which is probably the trickiest thing. You know, the law really helps us understand that we miss it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love. How many of you guys love yourselves? How many of you guys woke up this morning, looked yourself in the mirror, gave yourself a kiss, and said, yeah, I love you so much? How many of you guys liked what you saw? How many of you guys, when you go to sleep at night, love yourself? How many of you guys want to live? How many of you guys go over the regrets and the stupid things that you've done through the day? How many of you guys really love yourselves? How do I extend, how do I love someone? Because what the law says is to love yourself and to extend that love to the person next to you. Like, if I can't love myself, how do I love the person next to me? Now I know it's like if you bleed, you'll plaster yourself. We should love people like that, okay, in that sense. But that means the example and the idea that I have of love is, is what I need to demonstrate to the person next to me. And it will always be a corrupted form of what love is, Okay? So John 13, verse 34, Jesus says, I give to you a new commandment that you should love one another just as I have loved you. So you too should love one another. This is what I love about that commandment, is that if you have never been in a place where you could sit down and allow Jesus to wash your feet, you'll never be able to extend that love. You'll never be able to extend a love to the person next to you if you have not allowed Jesus to love you. I'm going to just say it again. Jesus doesn't tell you go love. He defines love. He demonstrates love. He shows you what it is. He ensures that you experience it. And if you've experienced it, it's the easiest thing to extend it to the person next to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And how crucial and how important it is for me to allow myself to be loved by Jesus. You see, if you hear this, you hear, go die, go lay your life down. Jesus didn't do those things just because. He did those things because He loved. He models love. He shows us what it is first. He shows us what it is first. So He loves us with all His heart. He loves us with all His mind. He lays His life down for us. 
And this is the issue um, that he writes about in, in Revelation. He says, I have this against you that you've forgotten your first love. But G John writes in 1 John 3 and 4, he says, It's not you that loved him first. He first loved you. Your first love was a response to his love. Your first love was a response to his love. And once we've served God for so long, we forget that now you're trying to love on him. And he's like, no, I love you. You first, you sit down, let me love you. Let me love you, Zion. Cheer up, I'll calm your fears. <laughs> I don't know, that's, that's, that's him. That's what he does. That's what he... And um, I'm, I'm learning to be quiet and to allow him to love him. You know, it's something about um, worship is um, when we worship and when you really experience the freedom of worship and what happens in worship, it's like, who's benefiting? I always wonder, like, does God benefit from our worship? Or are we actually the ones benefiting? I always experience, I go into a place of worship and, and while I'm there, it's like, He's loving me. It's like I'm, I'm letting go, and I just, whoa. Although I'm worshiping Him, but I, I, all of a sudden my fears are gone. My, the, my anxiety is gone. I'm in a place where, whoa, He's loving me. Wow. And I surrender in those moments. And um, yeah, church, don't forget your first love. Don't forget your first love. He loves you. Everything that He's ever done for you, when He multiplied food for you, when He provided the money that you needed, when He took away the pain, when He healed you, He didn't do that because He's, he's just a stingy God that occasionally tolerates and helps. He did that because He loves you. He did that because He loves you. In your need right now, can you remember that He loves you? In your need right now, maybe you're on the boat again. Do you remember why He did everything for you? Why He moved the mountain for you? He did that because He loves you. I need to hear this every day because I forget every day. I need to hear it every day because I forget every day. Um, woo. Just let's close in Ephesians. Oh, thank you, Lord. Verse 16, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. 
Is there some water here or something? It says, May He grant you out of the rich treasury of His glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Spirit Himself dwelling in you. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make His permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that you may have the power and be, a, and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, that experience the love. What is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of it? Thanks, Sean. And then this scripture is big for me. It says that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. If we can become quiet before God and open our hearts in His presence, I want to tell you, <laughs> uh, religion just paints us the wrong picture. Religion paints us this picture of, of having to be enough, of, of being accepted by God. But we're, we're in a place where God just wants to be accepted by us. We're in a place where He, where he, he died. He showed everything. He demonstrated everything. To a point where can you calm down can you in your anxiety just look and see he's right there he's right there and he loves you he loves you greatly he loves you dearly let's let's read the passion translation if you guys can just go to james and i'm, I'm going to close with this I'm really starting to love that translation. Yeah. It's a really, really good translation. James 4, please. If you guys do have that um, uh, on, the, on the screens, it would be great. But James 4, verse 5 in the Passion Translation. Listen. Verse 5, does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us? <laughs> I'm going to read it again. The script, does the scripture mean nothing to you that says that the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover? lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us he wants more <laughs> of you bill johnson said something that i loved he said we pray this prayer lord less of me and more of you and and he said no god had less of you before he died for you and he didn't like it 
<laughs> he didn't like it. He wants you. He loves you. Lisa Bavia, she once said, God doesn't love us equally. He loves us uniquely. Because you're irreplaceable. You're irreplaceable. He can only love you in the way that He can love you. He has a unique, you have a unique relationship with Him. You know, and He loves you like a unique child. I don't love my children equally. I love them uniquely. I can't compare love. I'll tell him I love you all, all the same. But they can't really fathom how much I love each child on an individual level. That they're special. And, and, and yeah, I, I want to be in their, in their presence. Let's just take a moment. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and think still. listen to this. Cheer up Zion. Don't be afraid. The Lord your God is living among you. He's a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With His love, He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with songs. Father, right now, Lord, we open our hearts to you to love us today. Help us understand that the expectation on us is not to demonstrate a love that we have not experienced. Come on, guys. If if the word says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, then you need to know, men, you need to open your hearts to the love of God. You need to open your hearts to the love of God. Allow Him to love you. We open our hearts to you, Jesus. Right now, people struggling with mental health issues, in Jesus' name, I speak the love of God into your heart. I speak the peace of Christ into your heart. Right now, in Jesus' name, I command all anxiety, all fear, all depression to go now in Jesus' name. And I speak the love of God over you. Zion, church, my son, my daughter, I love you. I love you. I love you. Listen to those words. I love you. Your Father, the Spirit of God in you, is a jealous lover who desires more and more of you. And Father, when we receive your love, we love you too. (laughs) We love you, God. Thank you. Yeah, and I just speak that over this church. In Jesus' name, you will not forget your first love. (laughs) That your first love is His love for you. (laughs) Thank you, my Father.
just take a moment and let's just be quiet before him. You can't ever afford to have a thought in your mind about yourself that God doesn't have in His mind for you. Thank you, Jesus. Right, so I bless you with that, that you'll come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of God. The love of God. That's worth something to meditate on, right? That's this. Wow, Bruce, thank you for incredible sermon. Come on, let's just again. Wow, what a word. What a word. So much revelation in that. I want to encourage you to be here tonight. If you can make it at five, we're just going to minister again tonight. And I'm trusting that him and Nila Kimberly Bender will pray for all of you tonight. If you want to come and just minister to you tonight, so come and join us. It's going to be a phenomenal night. Bless you. Have a great, great, great day. Thanks for being here today. I want to encourage you, go meditate on this word. It's going to be on, on podcast and there will be on YouTube, the second service. Go listen to it again and again. I believe it's a word in season and it's the right word for right now what God's been sharing to us. So bless you.